You are freer than you think. It's like the ultimate form of freedom. You expound upon that freedom to develop on this planet. True freedom comes from within. It's the ability. Thinking to myself, I can help you or I can destroy you. Man is a two-time felon. I work really hard and I've been, a, I've been a life learner. When things are feeling tough, let yourself be surprised. The world favors risk-taking. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Freedom Pact. I'm joined today by Darren Cartal, personal trainer, online coach, creator, entrepreneur, and many more. Darren, welcome to the Freedom Pact podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, that was an intro, man. You made me feel you made me feel special. I felt important there for a second. You certainly are. You certainly are. Um, I first uh, came across you when I saw a, like a BBC, I think it was, who did an article about how you reached out to a woman who was told she was too big to be part of a boot camp class or something, and you offered her help and you spoke to her. Just to touch on that, what was her original trainer's argument and what do you remember about that conversation with her? Um, I remember a few people sending me something that they saw from a Facebook link and this woman was like, you could obviously tell she's got, she's quite overweight, she's unhealthy, she doesn't know how to tackle it. Um, she also has some mental health stuff that she's going through and I picked up on that really quickly. You didn't have to, I didn't have to chat to her to pick up on that, you know? So I saw that as an opportunity to be like, you know what, let me reach out to this person, uh, give her some of my time. That would be nothing for me and see if I can help her out. I didn't expect it to blow up like it did on BBC and all of that stuff. Um, but it was the fact that so many personal trainers still to this day don't know how to communicate with people or have a good on the emotional intelligence to understand how someone may feel from the words that they say and this is something i'm really big on so i wanted to reach out to her be like listen not all personal trainers are pricks <laughs> like why don't you um why don't why don't you let me help you out i'll take you in with my clients uh i'll give you free access whatever and i just helped her out for a while she did well uh, and when that blew up, she started getting offers from gyms for free membership, free PT. And I was like, that's fine. Do like, you can go do that. It's not a problem. But just so you know, the reason that they're doing that is to be able to get that. Uh, the first initial attention that I got from it. So they think, oh, shit, let me do what Dylan's doing. So the news or whoever picks up on this and goes, oh, another personal trainer helps her out or whatnot. Do you know what I mean? That's what mm -hmm. they try to do. And I warned her about that. I said, just so you know, she went and off, did that, came back to me two weeks later, goes, you're so accurate. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And um, to be honest, I'm not really in touch with her now. Um, I've touched base quite a few times when it happened. But um, yeah, I just reached out. because I wanted to help out, you know. I think there's a lot of people that need a lot of help. So I'll just do what I can, I guess. Mm -hmm. In like the fitness industry, as you mentioned, David, those gyms reaching out to, to that woman, like so many people are, agenda driven out for themselves i mean is they see a business first people second how do you how would you suggest that people spot the genuine people in the fitness industry um i think when you're trying to spot someone in the industry or i guess any sort of thing that you buy into is this going to change my life is this giving value mm. 
And I think a lot of business uh, entrepreneurs or personal trainers, they think £50 an hour winning. That's what they think. Instead of looking into how can I change this person's life? Because how can I give value to this person to change their life, which will, in essence, help you have a successful business if you're consistent and um, authentic about yourself? So the angle that I think about with this opportunity is give value, be good, be good at your craft, and then eventually something will come out of it, not the total opposite as, oh, 50 pound an hour, personal training, I'm going to do it for this, you know, because usually you see now there's a huge trend of people wanting to become personal trainers because they're seeing the online PTs, they're seeing what I'm doing, they're seeing what James is doing, they're seeing what all these other influencers are doing with apps and all this shit. And they think it's an easy win when really people don't see all the stuff that you've been doing for the years in the back end to get to a point where you can do that, you know? Yeah, man. I, I uh, work in a gym and when I went through my personal training qualifications, they're a lot different to how I see the younger guys working in the gyms now, like the the teenagers, I, I feel like they almost get they get given a, a personal training qualification. You don't really have to do a lot to get one anymore. Are you worried about how easy it is to access those qualifications now? Yeah, it's so easy. I mean, I'm I'm not worried about how easy it is because I think all sort of information you can get online anyway. Hmm. Like any anything you want to learn, you can find it online too. Learn. You can literally go on YouTube and learn how to code to develop your own website. Like you could do that. And I think it goes for everything. You don't have to be a genius to be a personal trainer, but it's not the qualification that you get. It should be better, but I don't think that will ever stop people getting qualified because the more people get qualified, the more, more money uh, those governing bodies get, uh, the more the bigger success rates that they have, the more customers they get. So there's a huge turnover of personal trainers. And I'm pretty sure like the turnover of PTs is something ridiculous. Like, I don't know, 70, I don't know. It's a, the first, it's a ridiculous number of in the first year, is it 70 or 80% or something personal, self-employed personal trainers drop out from PT, right? So there's a huge turnover. But what I'm most worried about is people becoming personal trainers for the wrong reasons and not upskilling themselves after they're qualified. They think, oh, I know, I've trained for a year. I know what would be a good job, a personal trainer, no sporting background, um, no communication skills. They dive into being a personal trainer. Uh, they give a shit service. It leaves an individual that trusts them because they have a t-shirt that says personal trainer. And then ends up in a situation where um, the industry is becoming saturated with shit fucking PTs. Sorry, my last swear. <laughs> Certainly are. Yeah, you carry on. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I feel like that's what's happening. And a lot of personal trainers, they're not fully understanding the actual art of coaching or looking into the art of coaching to be able to give the best service possible to specific individuals because they're forgetting that the people that they're dealing with are people. <laughs> yeah. You know? Do you, just going back to the attitude of, or the story that we touched on first with that woman, how many people do you think simply 
don't even try to change their health or their body because they buy into that narrative that there's there's just no hope for people like them like that's just not you know they're not built for this kind of uh, kind of life i think uh there's always excuses and the truth is like uh in today's day and age like a lot, a lot of people love to avoid hard work mm-hmm. uh, i feel like i'm i'm kind of blessed to come from like a family like my mom's disciplined my dad's disciplined they've been hard working so i've kind of got it in me as well as like where i was raised i wanted to be wanted to do things in my life so you kind of have to work hard to get to a certain position but i feel like a lot of people that are going into this as personal trainers already kind of have it good so they don't have a lot of hard hard work mentality to accomplish certain things and when it comes from the health perspective a lot of people want quick fixes if you told someone today someone really overweight healthy it was like i've got this pill it's five thousand pounds you'll have the dream body tomorrow your dream health tomorrow you'll take this pill and you'll wake up and you'll be exactly how you want to be. They'll find that fucking money. Even if it was for a couple months, instead of avoiding the hard work and being consistent, being smart about it, to have a to have longevity with their health and fitness. This is what this is what the issue is. Quick fixes. And obviously, media influencers, uh, shit personal trainers, uh, social media making it look like you need to look a certain way also adds a load of stress that people can't obviously cope with, you know? So there's always that weird pressure to make people feel like they need to look a certain way. So they don't focus on improving themselves. They're focused on trying to look a specific way, which I think can be quite damaging. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting you say about that pill analogy. I, um, I spoke to um, a guy on this show called Darren O'Lean from um, the Zac Efron Netflix uh, documentary. And he <clears throat> was saying that if you could create a pill that gave you all the benefits of, you know, being properly hydrated, eating, you know, nutritious foods, then, like you said, people would pay mad money for that. But it's all there right in front of them, you know, for, for cheap, but, you know, they, they won't do the work. How do you, how do you think you can begin to get through to people like that? Is that something that they'll have to come to, to their own conclusion? I think you have to gain people, gain people's respect before telling them what to do. Mm. A lot of personal trainers think because they have a fucking badge with their name on it and says personal trainer, they think they can go up to someone and go, you need to do this. If I don't know you and you come up to me on the street and go, this is what you should do. I say, fuck off, mate. Who the fuck are you? why are you coming to me for bro i don't know you i'll listen to you if i respect you you know so my initial thing with my clients and my audience is to give as much value as possible so people turn around and go you know what i respect Darren for putting all this out there trying to help so when it comes to a position where say someone is my client and i tell them what to do in a way that they'll understand in a respectful manner then they're like, you know what? I'm going to listen to you. It's like when you get advice from your close friends or family or your mom or your dad, you listen to what they have to say because they've put years and years, years of, uh, you, grew, you grew up with them. They looked after you. 
So when your dad says something, you're going to listen. Do you know what I mean? You're going to listen. You might not have to, you, you might not do it, but you'll put your trust in that person because they've earned that respect with you. You know, so trying to convince those people, I don't think is that hard. I think it's just tapping into people's emotions that will get them to think, you know? So, and this is what I think a lot of people don't think about when they're trying to communicate with um, people that are in struggle, you know? It's like when personal trainers, they're like, dude, what's the best way to go prospecting? Or, oh, I did this and she didn't give me a number for, I was going to give her a free PT. I said, yeah, because you fucking went up to her and said, hey, your single arm row is shit. Let me show you. Why don't you go over and be like, hey, I like your trainers. Um, where do you get them from? Oh, by the way, can I show you something? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That angle. And I think you can gain people's respect. It's just figuring out how, mm-hmm. you know, and then giving that value to them, yeah. So there's a lot of intrinsic motivation problems that people may not, you know, be so conscious of their, you know, their health and their fitness. But what do you think are the biggest external factors that affect someone's attitude towards health and fitness? You mentioned social media. Is it maybe misinformation? Is it maybe the education system? Um, I think people, uh, I think a lot of people think they need to look. I think a lot of people want things that think that make them happy. But then they come to realize it actually doesn't. So then they get to a point where they're like, raw, I didn't think I'd feel like this when I got to this point. Mm. You know, which is a bit common with people that just put their whole energy into how they look. They get to a point where they're like, this is all I have. <laughs> I'm not happy. What the fuck do I do now? <laughs> you know, instead of kind of looking for something within. And it could be anything. But when you attach it to an external or something or a singular specific thing, I think it can, um, you can end up in a weird place. And when you do, due to that goal and that external thing, whatever you do will not be consistent. There'll be no longevity in it, which would then result in not long-term results Mm. you know so like something simple could be like i tell my clients that sometimes my clients didn't i haven't lost any weight this month i'm like that's okay it's not always going to be so linear you know you gotta you're going to have times when there's going to be some drops there's going to be highs but i think you're forgetting that you might be the same weight but your squat's gonna your form's much better you're doing more steps than ever. You're sleeping eight hours a night. You're forgetting all those things that in the long run is going to play a huge part in what you really want to achieve, you know? So it's about like getting people to, fo- and I think that's what good coaches should do, get people to focus on those things. It's interesting you mentioned um, like external factors and, and attaching yourselves to these results because when I was younger, my you know, I'd train specifically for aesthetics and I'd have a certain, you know, like a body fat goal I'd want to get to and I'd work all year to try and get to that and you'd get it and you'd finally be where you want to be and, like, it's a good feeling for about maybe, like, 10 seconds when you get there, when you step on the scales or take the picture and then you're like, now what? Like, now what? do yeah. you know what I mean? So, and then it wasn't, after that, I started just switching my approach to fitness completely and I'm just more motivated by things like longevity, 
mental health, general well-being, and like that motivates me so much more to to look after myself now than just getting a good picture in the mirror. Of course, man. Like uh, you can't. There's nothing more. Every, every everyone's fighting for happiness. You know what I mean? Everyone wants happiness. They just don't know what makes them happy exactly. You know, they think they know. So, and when they attach them, them their cells into these external things, uh, like you said, uh, it's a very short blimp of happiness, but not really happiness. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I get you, man. I get. And so we touched a little bit on social media, but there's no doubt that social media influencers have a you know a massive grip on your a lot of young people's mental health and even health to an extent physical health so what do you think are the things we should be conscious of when we see an influencer or a model pop up on our screen looking amazing looking happy incredible shape what should we be conscious of what should we be thinking i would whoever's listened i would say ask yourself how this person's giving value to your life what mm. are they doing what are they doing what are they making you laugh are they educating you are they making you smile um are you happy when you see this person uh does do they inspire you or motivate you if they don't why the fuck are you follow them like why are you wasting your energy on looking at someone else's uh life for no reason when you can put that time into work into yours you know and i think there's it's why social media is so weird. Anyone that doesn't add that, you should just unfollow. It's just a waste of your time. And I think a lot of people think they need to follow these people, or whether it's a blue tick, whether this person's got 500,000 followers, or they must be good at what they do or whatnot. Like, if it's not bringing any value to you, then stay away from them. Because if it's not bringing any value to you, and if the influences core values are stupid things how are you going to trust them when they try selling you something obviously they're doing it for the wrong reasons i will sell the shit out of myself my product anything that i promote that is my brand because it's me and it's and it's for the right reasons and if anyone ever argues back with me about it they can't because i'm like so what hold on you're getting angry at me for asking you to pay me to help you have a healthier lifestyle but you don't even question a 200 pound bottle of wine that you bought on the weekend. Please don't, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. like a shake or whatnot. So I think that's what people got to put their focus on when they're following someone on socials, you know, like for example, you get all these, no offense to any love Islanders, all this shit. I don't care. But like, if you're not making me laugh and if I don't think you're funny, if you're not educating me or upskilling, I don't want to feel like some, a sheep, like just, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not I think either. people will ask themselves that. Why am I following this person? It's the same thing with your friends. Why are you friends with this person? They give nothing to you. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, they've been, I've been friends since I was a kid. So, fuck, people draining it, draining out your energy that you can put out to the world, draining that energy that you can uh, help yourself with instead of, um, wasting your time scrolling, empty scrolling on people that are doing nothing for you, you know? That's what it, I think people should be careful for, yeah. Yeah, when you were saying that, it reminded me of a conversation I had. I think it's a mutual friend of ours, Jay Morton. Um, oh, yeah. 
so when I talked to Jay, he was talking about this concept of, you know, everyone around you, they're either a drain, they're either draining from you or they're radiating, they're giving to you and like about how you, you know, focus your circle around that. And are you the type of person that's really conscious of who you let in your inner circle? And you're like, sometimes you just can't feel guilty about cutting people out of your life because, you know, you've got to look out for yourself at the end of the day. Yeah, I think um, I've been... I think I've always been kind of conscious of who I've been around. Mm. Um, I wouldn't hang around or hover around or be friends with people that I know that's going to impact me in a negative way. Um, I'd only become friends with people that have good vibes, good energy, uh, where I feel like I can bring something to the table as well as them, you know, because then it's like beneficial for both, but for the right reasons. You know, and um, so now we're like, I'm careful with who I hang out with because I could, there's no, it's going to sound, it's going to sound weird. I want to say agenda, but what are we doing here? What are we doing here? You got, what's happening? What are we, ta- what are we talking shit about, bro? What, why don't you go do something with your life? Want to go and try to achieve something? Try, try something. Stop complaining. Like, I can't be around people that complain all day. I'm like, you're just full of excuses, bro. You're in a Western country where you have the opportunities of every opportunity in your hand, and you're bitching about some bullshit thing someone said to you at work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I can't have that around me. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I just stay away from it, even if it is my really, really close friends from back in the day from school or whatnot, still love and respect them, but I'm not going to, I don't want to spend, it's why I love hanging out with James, Paula Lima, uh, some of my other friends, because we're, we're just adding things to each other and that radiation and people see that. And then people yeah. want to be friends. Yeah. People want to come into that, you know? So that's why you got to be a little bit careful with, who you hang out with or who try and comes into the circle because their agenda could be something that you don't want to be around, you know? Going back to what we were talking there about influencers, um, you mentioned there, James, uh, when I spoke with your good friend, James Smith on this podcast, probably going back over a year ago now, uh, we talked about fitness expos and when I was younger and I was really into this sort of YouTube culture of watching these guys like Steve Cook and Christian Guzman and, you know, these guys, and I just, they're the guys I wanted to be like. And I remember I, so I'm from South Wales and I traveled up to, to Birmingham to go to Body Power Expo, right? And I, just, I queued up to, to see this one guy, I won't give the name away, but I queued up and I met him and I was like, oh, this is cool. I had a picture with him. And then I just walked away from the encounter. And rather than feeling really motivated, I just felt deflated. I was like, like, there's no way I'm ever going to look like that. Like, I followed this guy on YouTube, followed all his workouts, followed all his advice. And I see him and I just think, we are worlds apart. And then, so I'm on my way out of the booth and then this, guy just slaps a can of BCAAs in my hand 
And I just look at it and I think, yeah, this is probably why I don't look like that. Maybe I need to drink more of this stuff. And you come away and you, I just felt so deflated. And James was saying about that story of saying, people don't realize that at these expos, these people, this is their peak week. They, you know, they grind, they, they put everything into looking the best they could possibly could in that moment. And you just look at them and think that's what they look like 365 days a year. Bro, they, people, people prep to just go walk around the body power. Mm. It preps to walk around a body power, not even a speaker or a bodybuilder. <laughs> like they prep to walk around in a fucking vest. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fucking mental. Who was the bodybuilder? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> it was it uh, English. English. It was Steve Cook. I'll be I, it was <laughs> Steve Cook. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did a piss take video about him with Paul Lima. I think him and his yeah. Girlfriend. Yeah, oh, I'll have to check that out. I was the yeah. biggest Steve Cook fan when I was younger, man. I wanted to be just like him. Yeah, but you know what? Like, a lot of these things, um, a lot of people don't realise, like, mate, genetics plays a huge part in how some, how these people look. Yeah. And, like, hard work beats genetics. Uh, no, it fucking doesn't. <laughs> no. Hard work will get you to your capacity. Yeah. And then you need a load of anabolic steroids. <laughs> yeah. And then that's not and then that's not sustainable. That bring that puts you in another whole circle of fuckery. <laughs> you know, so that will stress you out. And sure. the first time I went to Body Power was like when we got invited. That was the first time I've ever gone. And I never knew. I, I was never, I never knew anyone. I never knew anyone because my head was never into bodybuilding at mm. all. It was never in the industry. Smith was like, yeah, Phil Graham's going to be there. This person's going to be there. I was like, who the fuck is that? I don't know any of these people. Not because my focus was not going to loads of seminars. My focus wasn't trying to do the systems Phil Graham was doing or what Paul Morse exactly doing or what Mark Coles is doing. My, my idea was I'm going to stay in the gym and become an excellent coach, be good at what I do, and then try and get advice and learn from those people in the industry later on in my career. Personal trainers now, the ones that go to Body Power, all these, all these um, fitness events and stuff, it's all great. But if you don't take action or if you're not good at what you do, it doesn't matter what fucking systems you have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's such a big thing in the fitness industry um, with especially personal trainers that they worry about. Oh, I need to go to this seminar. Yeah, yeah, I need to do exactly what they're doing. No, create your own fucking thing, bro. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's such a, it's such a weird circle. And then you have these like, you have like the dinosaurs in the industry, in any industry that will always give you education in a way that they do things, which is all great and it's all good. But no one's going to give you all the tools to take over them, bro. You need to, you need to do your own thing and you need to find a way to be different. This is the biggest problem. Every PT trying to be a James Smith or every PT trying to be uh, do what I'm doing or something. I'm like, you need to figure out your own skills. You need to figure out your own system. The reason me and James get along so well is because we're completely different. We're so different. No one can ever come around to me doing, you're doing the exact thing as James Smith. I'm like, definitely not, because he's a white boy from Windsor and I'm just a Turkish boy from East London. We're so different in so many ways. 
you know, values are the same, but in different systems and different ways because each individual has gone out of their way to um, learn and create something different, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one thing like the fitness industry, I guess any industry needs to really do, like create your own wave, you know? Mm. Well, that's why I'm such a big fan of your Instagram in particular. Like it just seems like so genuine, like the the videos, the posts, you you know, you'll show your shape off at, you know, any time of the year. There's, there's no light trickery. There's no angles. The advice is, you know, it's straight down the line. You could tell it's genuine. There's no, you know, you know, I'm sure there's been plenty of companies that have come to you and asked you to promote their stuff. And I never see a swipe up to buy this bullshit fat burner, nothing like that. It's like, you just seem to focus so much on just being one of the like 0.1% of genuine people in our industry. I appreciate this. I, I appreciate it, bro. Do you get a lot of personal trainers listening to this? Uh, there's probably a few. There's probably yeah. a few. Personal trainers or anyone listening, anyone listening, there is no bigger brand than yourself. Hmm. Why would you try and sell someone else's brands when you can create your own? Like, it's so I play the long game. Don't look, yeah. not ever, don't ever look for the short. This is this comes with fitness, health, business, mindset. Don't ever go for that short term thing because it's never going to last very long. Always long term, always, always, always. And I've been doing it for what 10 years now, and I've only started to like feel like I'm doing okay, you know. Yeah. 10 years later, I like, bought myself a car. I live on my own now. Like, I only feel like it's, you know, and that's why you always got to think long game instead of short gains. Yeah. yeah. The, so the, the document, I don't know if you've seen the documentary, The Social Dilemma on Netflix. So it showed a lot of the, the tricks that your phone will use to make you pick it up, grab your attention, and then sort of feed you content that's going to, keep you on those apps as long as possible. And for someone like you, whose brand is heavily tied into social media, you know, you have, you have to use the app for work, essentially. Do you have any rules about social media in terms of maybe using it in the morning or in bed or certain times of the day you try and stay off of it? What are your sort of rules to social media? I think, I think there's no, I don't think there's any rule. I think um, try and be yourself as much as possible mm. and do not be scared to take risks mm. uh, do not let any opinions stop you from posting whatever you want to post you never know how well it might go you never know how uh, shit it might go and <laughs> uh, it's the only way to see and test things out to be able to find your feet on social media I think as long as you create give value and you are your authentic self there is not nothing as authentic as yourself as an individual mm. which is why it drives me mental when people try to be someone else i'm like there is nothing more original than you and your name there is only one you <laughs> so if you show your best sides on socials if you show your best sides on a date if you show your best sides to people of course they're gonna like you you know i'm not saying be fake but i'm saying embrace whatever quality that you have if you're fucking boring embrace that boringness and share that with the world you know if you're weird share that with the world and i think 
if you can show yourself as much as possible on social media, um, there's how many people are there in the planet? Four, not four billion, seven, I don't seven know, billion. Seven billion, seven billion, that's it. There's going to be a few people that's going to like you, man, or yeah. like what you <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So social media, there's no perfect timing. There's no perfect thing to post. Um, but I think giving value, being yourself, and not be scared to try different things to help you grow your social media, you know, whether it's con- controversial, whether it's um, something, you know, a lot of people are going to, disagree with mm. but post that bang the most are the ones i'm nervous about posting <laughs> yeah. well yeah. you see a, i've seen a lot of people who sort of you can tell that they go down that road of posting certain type of content or saying certain things or touching on certain topics because they know that's what's likely going to get them the likes the views um are you a <laughs> fan of the new instagram feature where you can turn off the like count because I, th- I guess the premise is supposed to be encouraging people to post more about what they enjoy and actually want to post about. I think Instagram is a, a platform for attention. Mm. That is why people post. You're posting something to get attention, right? So whatever you're posting, it's going to be somewhat level of vanity right it's like that's why everyone has social media that is why people when they post things it's like hey look at me so if you're gonna do that you might as well go for the fucking kill and not and not worry about um if it's gonna get likes if it's gonna get loads of likes you know i don't think your headspace should be that but i think if you're aiming for that I don't think it's a bad thing either. You just look at it as data. If I posted something that got 10,000 likes, I'd go, okay, that's a cool topic. Maybe I should make a video about it. If I've got 10,000 likes, then there's value in that. And I need to research that a little bit more. If I've got 10,000 likes, it's obviously helped a lot of people. So therefore I can go into more depth. If I don't see that, then how am I going to know what's going to bang or what's going to pop? That's with what I do. If you're someone that just posts a picture where you're fucking just modeling, then what are you giving me anyway? So I don't really care how many likes you get or what you don't get. They're the people that would affect them, you know? So that's what I think about that. But I don't, people just need to take their focus off, off that and just focus on just putting stuff out there. You know, because it's social media is the most powerful thing. Like anyone that says it's a negative, it's it's social media shit. The the, people only say that because they either really shit at it, (laughs) or um, how they've utilized it has been in a very negative way and not in a positive way. Social media is bad for mental health. It's not bad for your mental health. It's just you've chosen to follow people or do things on there that's made you feel like that. Social media is a platform that's, it brings everyone around the world together. Mm. It brings, this is why this podcast has happened. You've seen me there and you've emailed me and, you know, so, 
And now hopefully this is going to help some people out, you know, mm. motivate, inspire, whatever it is, you know? So I think it's a powerful thing. And I think people need to look at it in that angle. You can be anyone, you can do anything. It's, it's a cool, it's cool, you know? For you outside of, outside of fitness, what other areas of health are you especially conscious in? Maybe sleep, meditation, mindfulness. Are there any areas that you're particularly conscious of? Um, I've turned into a little hippie in the last six to eight months. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, meditation, mindfulness, uh, spirituality. Mm. Um, it's, um, I've definitely uh, been paying a lot more attention to that. Um, especially like tapping into just being more present, especially with meditation and stuff is honestly making me a better person. And I can't believe how much I've um, not looked into it before. And uh, now doing it and practicing meditation more, being more mindful with certain things and um, trying to uh, listen to people, read books that are about meditation and mindfulness. It, it really makes me think about how saturated and how much stress and pressure that we have where we live in like the Western world, mm. which stops us from being happier, being more cre uh, creative, being more free spirited, you know? And uh, I think meditation is one of the most underrated things that enough people more people should be doing they should be doing because if that's not right you can't fix any of any of any of your any 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 sort of fitness or health part of um your physical appearance which in most cases which is why people train yeah you know what i mean it it's yeah it's, it's, i think it'd be good to define this because i've had i've spoken to two monks on this show before and Amazing. yeah yeah these two guys the first one's called uh go gopal das and the other is called garanga das and these deeply spiritual guys and you know they meditate all day you know okay. but they were saying how what they see is people who look into meditation and they instantly think oh, i can't meditate for two hours a day and they just don't even think about it again or they may think, well, it looks a bit too religious. I'm not religious. That's not for me. There just seems to be too many, you know, these, there's a little bit of stigma around it and, and what it's attached to. And they said that, you know, meditation looks different for everyone. Like for them, it can be, you know, a four hour practice, but for someone else, it could just be taking two minutes. So yeah. what does meditation and mindfulness practice look like for you? Like what, 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 what does it, what do you do? What it looks like for me and why I think, people um, veer away from it is the monks that you have could be very extreme for your audience, could be mm. too extreme. The way they live is too far away from reality to us today. Yeah. Which is why they're not relatable yeah. to a lot of people. Mm. They might have internal happiness, but you can have happiness where we live and what we do, but also be mindful and meditate 
those guys talk about meditation all day. They have their, what they wear, shave their heads, whatever, you know, don't shower, <laughs> whatever it is, <laughs> you know, um, and talk about two hour meditations, a day meditating, 10 day silent retreat. When really what I'm trying to do and what it means to me is to say to someone, hey, when you go to the gym, all I want you to do is to try a pin-loaded machine. I don't need you to go and back squat 100 kilos, bro. So what I want you to do is sit down for two minutes, close your eyes, and just concentrate on your breathing for two minutes. You can start with two minutes a day. Then you can progressively overload into maybe doing a goblet squat. Maybe you can progressively overload into doing five or six minutes with meditation. Are you finding it hard to tap in? Maybe do some guided meditation. Maybe have a personal trainer. Maybe follow a program. If the guide is not working, maybe try some music. Maybe go out into the countryside where you're forced to be in nature, to be a little bit more mindful. People are so uncomfortable with not knowing how to deal with silence because their brains are so busy. They think they're productive. They're not fucking productive. They're just busy. And my goal is to help my clients and myself to, you know, when I said to you this morning, I said, bro, sorry, I've got something happening. Can we push it an hour later? Right. That hour task actually took me 30 minutes. Yeah. I needed that 30 minutes on my own to make sure this is going to be a good podcast. Yeah, for sure. You understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe if I didn't take that, maybe we won't get to this level of conversation. And I think a lot of people live their life thinking they need to be in a rush and stuff where really if you take a hot minute to chill, think, process things, you can start making decisions that will actually make a big impact in your life instead of radical ones that are not going to do much for you or other people. So anyone that wants to meditate and why I meditate is think of it like training. Start with a minute, start with 30 seconds, man. Go two minutes, go three minutes, go four minutes. I'm doing 15, 20 minutes though. I've done a float tank for an hour. I start seeing colors and shit. I go to a different fucking universe and come back. Bro. <laughs> so that's what I would say about that. And it's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. But um, yeah. That's awesome, man. I love the uh, I love the analogy. I like the personal trainer analogy. Yeah, because um, people try to write. It's just like anyone new to fitness, bro. They think they're gonna look like a bodybuilder in six weeks. Like, mm. It's not gonna happen, man. No, you know what I mean. Yeah, I love it. So, what other what habits have you formed in the last maybe two to three years that have had a big impact on your life? Um. Big impact in what I do or just my life? Just your life, any life. area. Uh, concentrating definitely more on sleep. Yeah. Uh, concentrating more on... The biggest thing has been in the last two, three years is becoming more selfish. Mm. Uh, it's probably the hardest thing uh, for myself three, f- maybe four years ago. Um, but now I'm so selfish with what I want to do with my life that I'm 10 times happier. And the people around me are happier because I'm happier, <laughs> you know? And I think uh, that's the biggest habit that I've changed when I'm making a decision that I'm ensuring is benefiting me. 
and not stepping too outside what I do for anyone else. And yes, that sounds a little bit, um, maybe a little bit too selfish, but in hindsight, being selfish uh, for yourself brings you a lot of happiness and then everyone around you, including your family and friends, because you're 10 times happier and you're giving good vibes to them, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing that I've changed and I'm so much happier then. Love that. So, yeah. People need to do that more. They just need to do that more. If you don't like your job, fucking quit, bro. If you don't like what you do, if you don't like someone, tell them, you know? You don't have to hang around. Hey, mate, I don't want to hang out. I don't like you. You're dating someone you don't like, Sorry, mate. It's not working out. You're boring. See you later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, man. People feel like they need to fucking impress other people too much. People worry about decisions they make too much. You just need to be more selfish with how... Because then you start becoming resentful for small five years. And it's the biggest thing for sure. For sure. I love that. That's a good, that's a really good answer. I like that because people think selfish is automatically a bad thing, but there's so many times where it's, it's such a good thing to be. It's such a good thing. It's the best thing to be, man. Even like people like, you can't be selfish with family. I'm like, hold on. You can, because when your mom and dad tells you, Hey son, um, yeah, you should go to uni. Um, you should get a mortgage, make sure you get a mortgage now. Um, I'm not being funny, but they want you to get a mortgage so they don't have to stress out about you. <laughs> they want you to get a mortgage so they can be like, oh, fuck, I'm a successful parent. And, and people don't think about this. I'm like, bro, family is like amazing, but sometimes you got to ask your mom or dad, like, why are they saying this? Are they saying this for me or are they saying this for a different reason? You know, and... Not that they don't love you. They're not doing it in a malicious way, but it's it's a way that you need to think about. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. So I've got two final questions that I ask every guest, um, regardless of what area they come from. The first one, are there any books that you've read throughout your life that have had a massive impact on who you are? The subtle art of not giving a fuck really did help me. Mm. When I was going through some shit, Mark, it's Mark Manson. Mark, Mark Manson, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I was going through a tough time when I left Australia. Mentally, I didn't know what I was doing. I was a bit lost. Uh, that really did help me. It was that element of feeling more selfish, like not giving a fuck about opinion, just do what makes you happy, sort of thing. Yeah. That really did help me. And uh, while we sleep, Matthew Walker, like, very good book. two of the main things a lot of people think they need to listen read a million fucking books right mm. you listen you read a couple of good books and the core problem of i'm not against reading books everyone listen to this i'm like read as much as you want but I, I sometimes like when people talk to me about books too much and drop me quotes every two seconds i'm like bro live your own fucking life man. yeah yeah <laughs> i'm like it's like that time when Mark Manson, I'm like, cool, but what do you think? <laughs> like, <laughs> but what do you think? <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I think when you read books that make a huge impact on your health um, and you mentally, it can 
unravel a lot of beneficial things instead of you putting energy into 10 different books or 10 different things that can change the way you live every two months. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, Why are we yeah. sleep? Matthew Walker. People don't realize how much impact sleep has on your health, your mental health, and how you live your life. That, in essence, that core problem will make a huge impact in what you do every single day. Not giving a fuck about other people, uh, making decisions for yourself and going for the kill. That, in essence, will help you with everything that you do. You know, so two of those books alone, as I know, has impacted me in many different ways and unrevealed a lot of things. So I'll say that. Love it. Love both of those. The last question I have for you, and the answer to this could be anything. It could be, could be a work, it could be a friends, it could be a family, whatever. But for Duran Cartel right now, what makes a life worth living? Um, how, how far I can get in this game. Mm. Because it's all a game. Like, like what we're doing today is everyone's just playing the game. And it's, it's, it's nice to test yourself with how far you can get, what level you can get to in a game, you know? How, whether it's standing on stage and speaking in front of 10,000 people or having your show, having good family and friends. I've got good family and friends. That's never going to go away. So I didn't want to say that. It's mm. important, obviously. But I think... I never, I never want to wake up one day and go, what if I, what if I don't, I don't like that. So, so I'm always going to go for the kill. So I always want something happening where like, I don't want to wake up feeling like, what if, you know? So I want to see how far I can get with everything I'm doing. Yeah. I like that one. I like that one. That's the first time. That's the first time I've had that answer. Whenever I ask that question, it's normally like maybe like five answers that everyone repeats, but that's a unique one. So I like that one, man. Good man. You should add that into the little clip in it when you put it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. You brought so much value to, to the episode, so I can't thank you enough for joining me today. It's been a it's been a real good time and a hell of a pleasure. Thank you, man. I appreciate it for having me. Sorry I made you wait a little bit. But, um, no worries, brother. You're um, you're very good at what you do, and the questions you asked were sick, and it wasn't – it wasn't there was not one bit where I was bored, bro. And that's oh, me thank being you. Real. Yeah, so I appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me again on the Freedom Pack podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope you'll join us again on Friday. Until then, please come and check us out on YouTube where all these podcasts are uploaded in video format as well as our best bits. Subscribing to our channel on YouTube is the best way that you can help support the show so we'd really appreciate that so that is youtube.com forward slash freedom pact i hope to see you there thank you so much for listening